Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Igberto Willis, your host. We're going to have a great show for you today. I want to start right away with a short interview that I did with a good friend of mine about the affirmative action. I'm trying to get something wheeled up here with uh, to get, get what the president is saying right now on the student loans. But I want to attack the student loan issue right after we listen to Tim Danahy. Here's Tim Danahy, and then we'll get busy after this short interview. And I'll salute all my great folks out here. Let's get started. Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. The, the news of the day is, is serious. We're talking about the Supreme Court decision, the affirmative action that has so far hit schools. Of course, uh, the military got protected. You know, we're going to educate everybody to go into the foxhole. But anyhow, um, in, in, in discussing this this morning at KPFT, we had a lot of ideas, honest discussion about this. And then I heard from... Uh, my my good friend, uh, former our, our former host of the show now on hiatus, the Tim Danahy show, and former uh, board of director of uh, Coffee Party. I just wanted him to have a point of view here, which I kind of like. So anyhow, welcome to Politics Done Right once again. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Always good to join you and exchange ideas with you, Egberto. It's a world's better place, I assume, and I'm sure that I'm a better man after uh, talking with you. Well, we always we always have good, frank discussions on these issues. As you know, the Supreme Court pretty much got affirmative action at universities, public and private, with the last decisions. And, uh, you know, uh, first of all, what's your thoughts on on what occurred? You, you have to look at the context. And, and I, I am, what I always say, a tactical progressive. And, um, you know, I, I'm a white guy, uh, certainly didn't suffer in my my upbringing. Um, and but as progressive as I am, you kind of look at uh, affirmative action as you know, you can look at it as a necessary evil or you can actually look at it as necessary to prevent evil. You like to think in terms of we're all equal. But, you know, as I mentioned with the small animal farm, some people are more equal than others. And that's that's the need for affirmative action or, or the intent. But the Supreme Court has essentially said constitutionally, we are all equal. And that has a, um, a theoretical yeah, we are all equal, but in practice, it's not reality of uh, this whole thing. And so um, it provoked me to thinking they've taken away affirmative action, but I'm looking at this at Egberto as saying, okay, I'm okay with the theory, but what do we do now for the various injustices and inequalities which still occur? We can't be affirmative. But, you know, I, I offered to you this morning and, and uh, you know, I, I, you've had an excellent conversation this morning. And um, based on, on your comments now, then, then I can offer what I think that Biden and other progressives can do. Well, you know, uh, and, and it was intriguing. I mean, uh, you first of all, you accept the notion that in fact, in as much as we preach equality, we don't, or equality, equity, we don't really have it. And since the Supreme Court have removed the policies that can affirm what needs to be done, I, I, I like the way you presented now, what are the options? You can't fight it from the side of affirmation, 
So let's fight it from this side. Go ahead. Well, uh, let me just kind of approach it how I would do it if I were Biden on this. And, and, I, and I would say, um, okay, you know, Supreme Courts have said we're all supposed to be treated equal. Um, and, and, and yes, we're Americans. And, and we are all equal. And they've taken only affirmative action from us. And so, um, you know, if I were Biden, I'd say, well, I, I'm going I'm, I'm to hear make sure that we are all equal and I'm going to increase enforcement of equal and equal employment opportunity violations, you know, uh, blacks, uh, LGBTQ, uh, race, whatever. We're all equal. Okay, we're equal. I'm going to make sure that we all have equal access to voting. I'm going to make sure that we all have uh, access to real estate. No more red line. We're going to step up enforcement of that. Uh, you want equal Supreme Court? Uh, I'm going to make sure that all financial applications are uh, equal. In fact, I'm, I would, if I were Biden, I'd say we're going to make it so equal that we're not only going to do it on income, we're going to do it on asset evaluation and, and offer incentives that way because we know the minorities uh, on an asset basis are, well, on an income basis, they're disadvantaged, but on an asset basis. And uh, you want equal? Uh, fine. We'll do everything on the basis of equal race, equal rights. We're all Americans. But when whenever we do incentives, it's going to be economic based. And I acknowledge that much of it is going to go to minorities uh, based on our, you know, I, and, and, and let's do this economically and come through the back door to help disadvantage people. Uh, without I, calling them out by race. And so um, you want equality, Supreme Court? You're going to get it because I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, uh, enforce inequality. And, and, and that's the way I would approach it, Egberto, as a way to deal with, with an unfortunate Supreme Court decision. Let me, let me tell you something. I want to make one corollary to what you said um, because I want the audience to actually I uh, get where your heart really is. Uh, you're saying, uh, Supreme Court, you want equal? Well, this is what we're going to do. Reality is um, the Supreme Court has asserted, uh, just like Katanji uh, Jackson said, they have pretty much asserted that equality occurs. I don't remember the word that she used. So since you have asserted that reality, you are saying, Tim Danahy, that you're going to ensure that the Supreme Court's assertion of that reality is, in fact, real. And now you are, the, the, what you are proposing is pretty much telling America, okay, we are really going to hit inequality, equality from the bull's horn. I tell you something, Tim, uh, believe it or not, when, when I, after we got off the phone this morning and I started thinking about what you said, um, you said you're a tactical progressive. The reality is that is progressive. Um, let, let me, I want to get off the race subject for a bit to tell you why I think so, so much of that, of what you're saying, actually going aggressively on these issues. In America, when we have high inflation that we know is real, most of it really caused by the corporate sector, corporate greed, et cetera. And the way the, government has chosen to solve it is not to tell corporations to behave themselves, 
but to penalize people on the back end or, or, or to tell people on the back end, if, if you pay higher interest rates, the corporations are going to be forced to do X, Y, Z. Affirmative actions affirm that corporations have to do a certain set of things to affect a certain outcome. You're saying, okay, since Supreme Court, you are saying that a certain outcome, in your opinion, by fiat, is there. No, okay, you, you're the law of the land. We are the ones who execute it. We are going to make sure to execute that reality that you said. I think, uh, I think it. I, I think if you take a look at that and analyze it from a progressive point of view, Tim, <laughs> that probably gets results even faster. I think so. And then you mentioned the corporate profits, which, in anticipation of another supreme ruling, that also addresses issues of equality. You know, the forgiveness of student loans. And I'm going to speak as your advocate. And you just say, well, people willingly went into these loans to finance education. We kind of say, well, maybe we shouldn't forgive them. And, and bear me out on this one, uh, because what I'm telling you right now is appalling. And so, but let's, let's tie the two together. Okay, the Federal Reserve can give financing at 0.25%, one quarter of 1%. Let us forgive it. Well, I am going to, if I were like, say, we are going to make these no interest loans. Or, or do the same equal financing that we give the big banks. You want equal? Can't forgive? Well, we can support this. They'll still have to pay it back, but at least it's not subject that banks are doing to students and student loans. We should all be invested in supporting education states. And um, if people want to get a $70,000 school to study Greek archaeology, God bless them. You know, um, they can take out the loan. It should be zero or near zero, and they can deal with the financial implications of paying it back. We should not allow people to unduly profit off of these decisions. Anti-education, um, and you never know what we're going to learn. That, you know, the artificial and Greek archaeology or whatever. Uh, we, we, artificial intelligence just decoded Phoenician tablets. And we find out that um, the Phoenicians knew trigonometry 20, uh, 2,500 years before the Greeks did or 1,500 years before the Greeks. There's a value in that. But here we are making judgments on it. Go for that education. Let's support it. But let's not profit off. And so that is equal. You want equal? You don't want affirmative action? Well, no more affirmative action for banks then. Let's make it equal. Banks are people. We're all people. And, uh, and let's give them equal would be the way that I would approach it if I were uh, uh, Biden and the administration. And I think it would be hard for Republicans, again, tactically, to dispute that. Well, wait a minute. We don't want, we don't want that equal. You know, it would be hard to uh, it would be a winning fight because I think it would appeal to the inherent fairness of most American people. Tim Donahue, a good friend of mine, a guy with a point of view, former director of the Coffee Party USA. Thank you for your commentary. I really wanted to get your point of view. You know how much respect I have for you. Always an honor to be on your show. Thank you, Alberto. All right, folks, the first thing I want to do is welcome all our peeps. Michael Rudman, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, Tom C, AVQ, E2247, Lee Grant, 
Bridge MCP. Welcome to Politics Done Right, everybody. I wanted to get that interview so I could get some valid information for you on the student loan issue. Bridge MCP uh, is here. May Wood is in the house. AC Rodriguez is in the house. Welcome all my peeps. Carl Cox is in the house. Eric Hayes is in the house. We also have Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain in the house. Uh, if I've missed you, please forgive me and throw your name back down there in the middle. I see that Bridge wants me to read something uh, pretty long. I will, and then I'll get into student loans. So let's go ahead and get that great commentary by um, my good friend, uh, 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 Tim Hat Danahy. Uh, let's discuss, first of all, about the affirmative action issue. Michael Rudnan says, our Supreme Court in the breath, uh, a same, same college admission should be colorblind, says we should let businesses discriminate against LGBTQ people, but that's not all. The Supreme Court student decision shows that it will crush young people. Yeah, the Supreme Court needs to be unpacked. Let's talk about that right after this because I have a video to show you where I disagree with Brother Biden. I think Brother Biden is living in a different century and doesn't understand the, violent, the violence that's being executed on the American people through the judiciary. I've spoken about that most Americans don't want what Republicans have to sell, and their plan has always been to take over the judiciary since the judiciary is the portion of our, of our, of our, of our government, of our system of government that is the only undemocratic part of it after it's been instituted. Why? Because after these guys get onto the bench, they are there forever unless you can get super majorities in the two other branches, in the other branches of uh, Congress, in Congress and the executive to get them out of there. Folks, this is real. We got to talk about it. Anyway, from Bridge MCP says, Egberto, this is long, but maybe it will explain to others what you have been trying to say. If not day, then maybe another day. 400 years ago, white people brought black people over here and enslaved them and sold them and treated them less than human. For 250 years, while white men formed the country and created its laws and its system of government, while 10 to 15 generations of white families got to grow and flourish and make choices that could make their lives better, and then 150 years ago, white people freed black people from slavery, but then... Angry white people created laws that made it impossible to them to vote or to own land or to have the same rights as white people and even erected monuments glorifying people who actively had fought to keep them enslaved. All, white, all while another five to ten generations of white families got to grow and accumulate wealth and gain land and get an education. And then 60 years ago, we made it legal for black people to vote and to be free from discrimination. But angry white people still fought to keep schools segregated and closed off neighborhoods to white people only and made it harder for black people to get bank loans or get quality education or health care or to gasp marry a white person. All while another two to three generations of white families got to grow and pass their wealth down to their children and their children's children. And then we entered an age where we had the technology to make public the things that were already happening in private. The beatings, the stop and frisk laws, the unequal distribution of justice, the police brutality. Police began in, 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 in America as slave patrols designed to catch runaway slaves. And only now, after 400 plus years, 
and 20 plus generations of a white head start are we starting to truly have a dialogue about what it means to be black white privilege doesn't mean you haven't suffered or fought or worked hard it doesn't mean white people are responsible for the sins of their ancestors it doesn't mean you can't be proud of who you are it does mean that we need to acknowledge that the system our ancestors created is built for white people it does mean that we aren't disadvantaged because of the color of our skin and it does mean that we owe it to our neighbors of all colors to acknowledge that and work to make our world more equitable now bridge that's so well written but who wrote it is that your words uh i need an answer from that maybe you should call in uh, call in to uh, talk a little bit about that. If you wrote it, 281-823-7747. That is beautifully and well put. I couldn't have said that any better at all. That is well put, my dear Bridge MCP. I ask again, who wrote that? Did you write that Bridge MCP or not? All right, continuing, continuing, continuing. AC Rodriguez says, Justina video from Democracy Now! stating that the case in the Supreme Court on gay marriage was fabricated. Uh, Melanie Keelan says, evening all. Bridget, let's see what else I got to go. I'm, I'm going down to see if there are other things I need to read before I get into my monologue here. Uh, Michael Rodney says, won't be long until these policy changes have real-world impacts, lowering diversity rates. You can bet we as a nation have to revisit these impacts in 2026 midterm election. AC Rodriguez says, right-wingers versus humanity. Unfortunately, that's been the case for a long time. Just got off a Zoom meeting with everyone in it. Uh, was together with New York and Seattle, Houston, and a couple of other cities. That's from May Wood. Uh, what, was your, uh, what was your Zoom about? I'd love to know. Bridge MCP said, how is your air quality? Right now in Houston, it's good, but I heard New York's having some problems. Lee Grant is in the house. He says, yay all. Uh, I'm scrolling down. Been wearing a mask, so have, uh, have many in town. I have to mow two acres in a mask. Be careful, Bridge, because remember, if you don't have an N N95 mask on, some of those particulates can still get in your lungs. Lee Grant says, POTUS has tried to legitimize the SCOTUS. Delegitimize the Scottos. He won't like it if they return the favor. The truth of the matter, they have delegitimized themselves, and we'll go into that in a little bit. Uh, e two two four seven says democracy prevailed, beating down superstition and fantasy of independent state legislature theory, unsupported by six of the Scottos. The fact is that three did not. Uh, that's a shame. Tom C says Scottos didn't eliminate affirmative action for children of rich university donors who ensure their entitled sons and daughters got. Legacy preferences in Ivy League school admission and that inequality. It's amazing, right? Because that is not only unequal because it's from particular rich folks. It's unequal because since those rich folks were all white, it means that there is a pro-white bias at all these universities that have programs that, in, that have legacy programs. Shame, shame, but nobody wants to really talk about it. Eric, hey, let's see, uh, what else have we got here? Corporations are not people, rights are only the people. Lee Grant says, all aspects of Western culture too. I'm not sure what are, you're replying to, Lee Grant. Let's see, maybe something else that you've said. But the fact of the matter is, uh, don't, don't glorify Western culture until you understand that there's, nothing, there's no Western culture. Western culture is an aggregation of cultures from throughout the world. We are the ones who make this what's called Western culture 
a good thing in the aggregate, but a bad thing for a group of folk, okay? Uh, here for you, Bruce Pollard is in the house. Welcome, Bruce. Uh, what else have we got here? Bruce says, you, University of Michigan president, understands how we can identify and empower people who will enhance education through diversity. Eric Hayes says, better to most people say 300 million don't uh, want to pay for 40 million debt. That is a, a rather uh, silly statement, but again, my dear brother Eric, you have been listening to silly people, believing silly people. So all I think we will have to expect when you comment on these types of items is silly commentary because I'm going to show you how silly your statement is even based on what the Supreme Court has done and written within uh, the law that they just did. But we'll continue. Lee Grant says, I wouldn't mind forgiving student loans as, in as much if I didn't involve funding SWJs who hate America and white people whose only skill is to decolonize everything. If that's what you believe, uh, Lee Grant, you definitely don't understand the progressive movement. Mike Cisex says, Bruce Pollard, so you're saying the UM wants to still discriminate on the basis of skin color racism by another way? Uh, the, the, the truth speaks for itself, right? Uh, anyway, continuing, Bridge MCP, um, not my words. Forgot to copy name. We'll look. Egberto, please uh, get the, the name and throw it in there for me because I do want to post that as, uh, as a blog and give the appropriate, um, the appropriate kudos to the persons whose words those are. Bridge, is this where you post uh, your post was from? Uh, thank you, uh, senor, for finding that. Uh, what else we got? So Egberto wants to discriminate on the basis of race instead of merit, the opposite of MLK. That is another silly statement, Mike Cisak. Uh, I think we've already make, made those comments, but I, I won't. Today is a different thing that we want to get over. Uh, Bridge MCP says, Egberto Willis, uh, Pompano Beach Mayor Hardin reposts a powerful message about racism August 3rd, 2020, although I wasn't able to track down the post's original author. Thank you for that. Okay. Let's get busy with student loans. Uh, brother Biden, President Biden just came out and he made a very cogent statement. Let me first just state that I disagree with President Obama on not fixing the Supreme Court. He's scared that the Supreme Court will then seem delegitimized. The Supreme Court is, is illegitimate right now. We have an illegitimate Supreme Court that was stolen by the Senate under the tutelage of the, the, the current, uh, uh, I forgot his name now. When, when I get excited, sometimes I forgot the name. But the current, uh, who was the, the, the former uh, Senate lead, okay? Uh, but, but, Biden came out and pointed out some very important things here. Very important things. McConnell, very important things. During... During this pandemic, we gave out over $600, $700 billion. Billion dollars under the PPP program. Most of the people that got that PPP program, wealthy corporations, wealthy businesses. And what did we do about all that money that was given out? We forgave it. All the monies that were given out for the PPP program for these big corporations were forgiven. They don't have to pay it back. 
The Biden program costs about $360 billion to forgive $20,000 of loans for, kid, for kids making under $125,000, okay? Uh, or uh, rather, for $70,000, and those who make $125,000 get a certain part as well. So big businesses get forgiven their loans. The Supreme Court says, under Roberts, under Roberts' rule, says uh, the president doesn't have the authority, even though it was given by Congress, to make such a deal with $360 billion. But he could, with the PPP, for over $700 billion forgiven. As we continuously say, the people that are harmed continuously by the Republican Party, by the right wing, are the average American citizen. The average American citizen. All those folks with PPP, including all the fraud that occurred in the PPP. Poof, it's gone. Lives are not, the lives of individuals are not aided. It's not. But the Supreme Court showing that it's nothing more than the, the, the evil arm of the plutocracy, the evil arm of the democ the evil arm of the Republican Party has proven they don't care. Because again, the PPP, which gave away over $700 in just cash loans to these businesses, if these businesses followed certain rules, that all of that money is forgiven to rich businessmen, mostly to a few small businesses, but mostly to rich folk. But the people who need it the most, they cannot get their loans forgiven. In as much as forgiving those loans keep the end, the, it keeps the economy vibrant keeps the environment, keeps the economy vibrant. So here we go. Corporations that cheated took money that were supposed to be paid to employees, pocketed the money. Look, we have, we have orders of magnitude of documentation that showed corporations who were given PPP to keep people employed used it as a ploy as the people continued to work. They continued to work with their masks on, etc. They requested PPP money, got PPP money, and these guys pocketed it. I want to repeat this, folks. PPP was given to corporations, companies, businesses that said, I know your employees are not coming to work. All right, we know that. We want you to continue paying your employees even as they're not coming to work. A lot of these companies, including hundreds of thousands of small companies, you know, especially in the red states, they loved it in the red states. Come kill yourself. Come to work. Go fix the plum plumbers. Come to work. Electricians come to work. All these others come to work, even though their salaries were guaranteed by PPP. And the government knows that they were doing this. The government knows that all of this is occurring. 
These small businesses all pocketed the money themselves. I have a guy who called into my show one time and he said, you know, I accidentally found out that my company got full PPP for every single employee here. And he just spent the money on himself. He built a pool. He built this. All these things he did with the PPP. So when, when, when somebody as uninformed as my good friend Eric Hay says, given the program allows people to cheat, I want him to realize who are the cheaters. It's the corporatocracy that are the cheaters. It's the com corporations that are the cheaters. Or it's these people that take your money and cause inflation that's the cheaters. It's these people that says, oh, inflation is really 4%, but we are going to tack on another 4% on inflation by increasing the prices of everything because we can. You have the wrong boogeyman. All our right-wingers in this room right now, my brothers and sisters, and as much as I love you, you are being hoodwinked. You are being hoodwinked and you are being gullible. And in the process of all of this, you're hurting your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your granny, everybody that you call the, your family, everybody that you call your friend, Everybody that you call, you claim that you love, you are allowing an evil party. Notice I didn't say you as evil, but I'm saying you're allowing an evil party. Anyone who would do these things cannot be considered anything but evil. That the Texas legislature is not given the, the Medicaid of, uh, expansion to the Affordable Care Act, evil. That they're not given women the ability to control their bodies evil that now what they want to do is to make sure that students have to come up with all this cash to give to the banks evil you want to talk about who are the thugs in this country you want to talk about who harms people in this country you want to talk about who are live, who claim, the people who claim to love Jesus, the people who claim that they are for, for helping humanity, the people who claim morality, right? Oh yeah, they claim morality. Morality, my you know what. So the reality is here, simple. It is time for us in 2024. We have to be on the ball. We have to ensure that we wipe out every Republican possible in Congress and the Senate. We must elect a Democratic president. Punto y final. And immediately thereafter, the filibuster must be killed. And after that, we must put at least four more justices on the Supreme Court. And if, and if President Biden says he absolutely will not do that, we must run another candidate for president. Right now as it is, I, I tell you what, let's listen to what our good president said about the Supreme Court and what his thoughts are, because I want I want everybody to listen to this. President President 
uh, Biden seems to be living in another time. He's living in another, in another time when Republicans were, uh, Republican politicians were honorable. He's living in a time when one could trust the word of a Republican and that in as much as they were conservative, they believed at least in humanity. Yes, they believe in uh, this false notion of pulling yourself up by your bootstrap, even though that's not what that statement really ever meant. But they, they actually believe that somehow things weren't as skewed as they really are. History let us know. Historists, anybody informed in real history, understand the systemic nature of poverty, the systemic nature of all these things in our country. Even Biden acknowledges that, but he's such an institutionalist, he thinks that if he adds to the court, it will delegitimize the court. Well, the court is already an illegitimate institution that was stolen from those presidents who had their authority and the right to assign justices. It's already a stolen body. But listen to the president in the interview that he did yesterday uh, with uh, Nicole Wallace. I think it's prescient. We better change his mind or we better change the president. Roe and Casey are decided with justices appointed by Democrats and Republicans. Yes. And these opinions that land outside the range of, of public opinion in our country are super conservative majority decisions. They're 6-3 on Dobbs. They're 6-3 yeah. on affirmative action. Does it require, I mean, does your love and reverence for our institutions make you do a hard thing and look at shaking up the institutions? Will you look at court reform again? Well, I, I did look at the, here's two things. Before I got elected, while I put together a group of constitutional scholars to try to expand the court, which I think is a mistake after all the, the, the judgment was that that didn't make sense because it can become so politicized in the future. But so what I've done is I have, in my appointments, I've appointed 136 judges and found ourselves in a situation where I've picked people who are from various backgrounds. We've appointed more women to the appellate courts, black women to the appellate courts than every other president in American history. Not just Katanji Brown, but more than any across the board. We've also, um, I wanted to make sure that we had on the court, and Republicans have been appointed to the court by us as well. On the court, want to have public defenders. People have been on the other side of the equation. Mm -hmm. So that everyone is represented. There's a point of view to be able to be made. And, uh, and but, it's, but there's no, I have no hard test to say you must have this view. I never ask a, a nominee what's their position on A, B, C, or D. No litmus test. No litmus test. Do you worry that without court reform, this conservative majority is too young and too conservative, that they might do too much harm? Well, I think they may do too much harm. Um, but uh, um, I think if we start the process of trying to expand the court, we're going to politicize it maybe forever in a way that is not healthy. That you can't get back. That you can't get back. Um, and I think, look, I think maybe it's just the optimist in me. I think that some of the court are beginning to realize their legitimacy is being questioned in ways that hadn't been questioned in the past. And I think there's a concern on some, maybe even the Chief Justice, that 
Maybe, maybe we better. Well, in the independent legislature's decision, it looks like maybe Roberts had that in mind. I don't know. That. I don't either. <laughs> we, I, I, I hate to say this, but President Biden is absolutely wrong. He's absolutely wrong. Uh, the, 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 the statement that he makes where he thinks uh, it, it will be political or it would be seen that the court is political, that, that water has already left the dam. The court is political. It has always been political, but more so than now, than ever before. It is, it, people used to try to have some semblance of, some semblance of, of neutrality. That is completely gone right now. And the only way to fight this issue is to fight this issue. The court must be fixed. And the only way to fix the court is for the president to do it. Uh, rather, it's for the Senate to go, uh, go, go ahead and start the process of creating to, uh, four more seats on that Supreme Court. It must be done because we have a generation of disaster coming. Like I said several years ago, Republican know that not, not, Republican politicians know that their policies are not wanted by most of the American people. And the only way for these policies to be effected is for there to be a Supreme Court that is doing exactly what it is doing right now. Supporting PPP and all these other things for big government for the corporations and trying to get all the poor people, the people that have, that have very little to do it right. Folks, it is time to make a change. Now, uh, there's a stopgap measure that the president just did when he came on TV as I was uh, listening to it. And what he has done gives people time. And I want you to all listen to what I'm saying. You've got a 12-month grace. What I mean by that is you still owe your payments every month starting in October. Every month you're going to owe your pay payments in October. Uh, but... But after your first, after you, after you miss your, your first bill for up to a month, you can keep missing your bills up to a month. And what that does for you is the government cannot report any of these things to the credit bureau. And it also, while interest rates will continue to accrue, they won't report it to the credit bureau and your 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 uh your credit rating won't be affected. You have a grace because the president as uh, says we know that that these are unexpected bills because the Republicans have ensured that you get stiffed, and he wants everyone to know Republicans are the ones that are stiffing you. But here is where the kicker comes in. I I hope. Everybody is listening today, and it goes this way. What does this do for you? If your payment starts in October, your first payment is likely going to be due in October, I believe. I don't think it's August. I think it's October, but I could be wrong. But let's assume it's October. What it means is that you, I am telling folks, nobody, nobody, owing money that falls under the under $125,000 should pay their student loans. It is time for, a, it is time for us to, to give back what this plutocracy has sold. I would tell 
everybody, every student loan borrower who would have been forgiven for the bill that the president uh, passed, I would tell all of you, not the bill, but the, uh, the, the order, do not pay your bills, but work hard as hell to fill the house up with Democrats and progressives, to fill the Senate up with Democrats and progressives, and to ensure you either re-elect President Biden or make sure some progressive Democrat is elected in 2024. Because once that occurs, a bill will be passed to forgive these loans, just like PPP has been forgiven, and also not only forgive these loans, but also forgive the interest that has accrued over the 12 months. It is time for the masses to act. It is time for the masses to say no more. It is time for the masses to say, you know what? What's good for the corporate state? What's good for the wealthy? Is good for us. People, until we take action and realize that this system cannot exist without us, if we decide, and, and I'm saying we're starting this with student loans, but if we decide, okay, if we decide that we are going to freeze this economy, not only by, by starting out with student loan bills, but if we decide that in the long run then we stop paying all our credit bills, we can start to get more equity between the, the, bill, the bill payer and the person who... And look, I am somebody who pays every single bill on time. I've also paid off every single one of my student loans. But also... Also, I understand the pilfering that is occurring from the corporate state. And until we hit them where it hurts, until we, tell, we show them that we are the ones in command, we are the ones who create the economy, we are the ones who make things happen, then you know what will happen, folks? The system cannot exist without us it is time for that sacrifice it is time i just came and i've been thinking about this over time and saying how do we bring them to their knees how do we make them say we are wronging our people it is time it is time it is time for every debt owner to tell the debt the providing thugs that we will take it no more. And again, like I said, I'm not an irresponsible person at all. And I know there are irresponsible borrowers. But I know when you watch TV with very well psychological messages that tell you things like 
Go put your home up. Go ahead and get a, 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 a mortgage loan. Go ahead and get a reverse mortgage. And they entice you to go on a vacation. And they entice you. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to be good. And they use psychological messages. And just like we have a lot of right-wingers in here that are gullible to the right-wing message, many Americans are gullible to the message that says, mortgage your home, have a vacation, take the monies out of your home now. Because they know most of the people will do it. So folks, marching orders. Let's start with the student loans. Marching orders for people who own student loans. If it were me in these times, this is what I would do if it were me in these times. The president passed a forgiveness bill, or rather, had a forgiveness order for student loans up to $20,000. If you had qualified under what the president wrote, assume the president, assume that the president executive order is still in effect and act as if the president executive order is still in effect. He has given you a platform. He has given you an off-ramp to do so. And that off-ramp is do not pay any of the bills, the student loan bills that is, because it won't affect your credit rating and it won't be shown as delinquent. And work like hell. Work like hell to get every house seat possible filled with a Democrat. Work like hell to get every Senate seat possible filled with a Democrat. Work like hell to re-elect this president or get a more progressive president elected. That is the answer. That is the solution. That is what must be done. Folks, I am not kidding here. If I had student loan bills right now. That is what I would do. I would not give another red cent in these student loan bills that fell under the president's directive. I would not. I absolutely would not. And later on, later on, there are more actions to be taken if if the creditors in this country continues to pilfer the American people with these interest rates on credit cards and other, other things, soon it will be time for us to act more progressively going forward. It is your country. It is our economy. We cannot be enslaved uh, antiseptically by these thugs whose only purpose in life is to be parasites on all the work that we do. I mean this sincerely. So folks, let's keep us taking care of business. All right, folks, as you know, I'm heading off to Chicago. So I want to ask all of you who can provide support to support the program to support us, uh, there, there's, uh, I have one link that says 
I'm trying to pull it up right now as I speak. My head's hurting me because I am so, so, so upset uh, with the hypocrisy of these guys talking about uh, moral, moral hazard with our kids. But don't talk about moral hazard for the PPP that went into building pools for the rich. It drives me crazy. All right, so uh, great. I'm glad to hear that, Senor. Glad to hear that. So I, I, I guess that means Chicago. Is that correct, Senor Pollard? Uh, let's see. What else have we got here? What else have we got here? Anything else I need to read? Anything else I need to read? Of course, I read to read everything. Every election, Democrats try to frighten those dependent on mandatory government programs. That's not what we do at all. Made it to catch the last few minutes. Great to hear that, Alistair Waters. Great to see you here. PPP went to small businesses, right? Yes. And a lot of the small businesses here in Texas made their workers work and at the same time spent the PPP money to build their pools. Tom C. says, Justice Thomas and Scudders, you'll find him after billionaire friends have wined and dined him. Uh, though affirmative action give his career lots of traction, he opposes it for those who ladder. Oh, wait, that's a, that's a limerick, right? Let's see. Justice Thomas on Scudders, you'll find him after billionaire friends have wined and dined him. Though affirmative action gave him career lots of traction, he opposes it for those on the ladder behind him. Oh, wow. Did you write that once, Tom, again? That's a damn good one, Tom. That's a damn good one. Oh my God, you have to work the horror. No, again, like I mentioned, Eric, read up. A lot of your friends here in Kingwood got uh, owning small businesses, got PPP loans. They're never going to pay it back because it's been forgiven, but their workers still had to come into work. Okay, let's not talk moral hazard. Let's not talk about holding down the poor. Let's not talk about holding down the worker. Because that is what happened. That is what happened. All right, folks, uh, let me pull up my little screen here because I got to tell you guys that remember this week, it, we have our, this is a week that we have our, what again? Ask Egberto anything. Ask Egberto anything. And how do you get to Ask Egberto anything? Sign up for Ask Egberto anything right now. We'll sit down and we'll chat. And we'll, can, we'll discuss these issues if you want to. It is politicsdoneright.com slash askegberto. politicsdoneright.com slash A-S-K-E-G-B-E-R-T-O. politicsdoneright.com slash askegberto. Egberto Willis, you really have hope for these people? I do not. Well, you know, they all have families and they give me the opportunity to, to, uh, to say things. But let me tell you, Bridge, I am not listening to these folks, uh, neither are right-wing friends, because again... Like I said, they're gullible. My brothers and sisters are, you know, I have a gullible sister as well, right? They're gullible, but you know what? Like I said, they give us the opportunity to inform others that are willing to take to, to, to arrest their gullibility, to arrest their, the, 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 what has made the Republican Party evil. So I will work with that. I will continue to give advice. I will continue to stick with what's best for humanity. Okay, folks, go to politicsandright.com slash askegberto at 11 o'clock Central Time, noon Eastern, uh, 10, or rather 9 Pacific, uh, 10 Mountain Time. We have Ask Egberto Anything, where we sit down and discuss. 
John Ray Winfield says, Clarence Thomas is Klondike bar thin chocolate outer layer. Dripping white supremacy out. Yep, yes he is. Eric Hayes says, some things are not negotiable for all sides. I don't really care about that. I only care about humanity, Eric Hayes. You guys can keep up with your with your uh, with your faults. We believe in the false things that hurt people. You're hurting your family, okay? You yourself, Eric. You're hurting your family. You're hurting your family. But you know, it's a it's a sad case when ideology allows you to hurt others in humanity. It's a sad case when that is the case. Okay, folks. Please support the program. Please go to politicsunright.com slash support. Politicsunright.com slash support. Here it is, politicsunright.com slash support. Likewise, please support our, um, uh, please support uh, my trip to Netroots Nation, politicsunright.com slash NN23, politicsunright.com slash NN23. And uh, what do you get for that? All the videos and everything that I'm preparing will show you as a supporter and a producer. I have that on the screen right now. I'm so tired, folks. I am so, 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 so tired. Uh, there's so much going on in our politics today, and there's so much that needs to be covered, and there's so much that needs to be done. And you know what? We are doing it. We are doing it. I ask you guys to support us as best you can. Please go to politicsdoneright.com slash NN23. See all the options that you have to support our trip to Chicago. I had to resync it because, again, like I said, um, it had expired. All right. I got to get out of here. Um, my name is, let's see, Egberto Willis might not make it. Tom will try fixing a tractor for a neighbor. I hear you. Uh, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.